Welcome to the Success Addicts. You are stepping into a conversation where I ask the questions that you're thinking of to people that strive for success in all different areas of life, business, faith, health, and more. So ask yourself this one question. Are you ready to master your journey of success? In this episode, you will learn the definition of what being an alpha mom is. Joni has tested many waters throughout her entrepreneurial career and every time has come up on top, allowing her to grow in all the different areas of her life. A mom, a wife, and a business owner. When I'm at work, it's 100% work. I'm dedicated to my team and that's where I'm at at that moment. And then when I'm at home, I'm 100% mom. Enjoy the episode. And fair warning, you may become addicted. Hi, Joni. I I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you so much, Lenny, for having me on the show today. Yeah, I'm excited. So I I guess just to start off, um, you know, give us a little bit of your background and don't be scared to, you know, keep talking. Maybe I'll interrupt you, but, um, you know, tell us a full story. Where did you start? How did you get to where you are today? And, 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 you know, what does your day to day look like now? Yeah, so um, I actually started my real estate journey when I was 19 years old. So at the time, I was going to school at the University of New Mexico in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And um, at the time, I had just actually moved out of my house. My mom told me I was going to move in with my boyfriend. My mom said, hey, if you're moving in with your boyfriend, then you're on your own. And so at that point, I was like, all right, well, I got to figure this out pretty quickly, right? And so I started off at 19. And I actually saw a late night infomercial show on TV. Um, I was studying late for um, a test, uh, a college test, and um, Russ Whitney was on uh, the TV. And he was talking about buying and selling real estate using no money down all this good stuff. And I'm like, shoot, well, that looks pretty cool. I think I can do this. And so they had like a three day, actually it was a one day kind of seminar thing. Um, So my boyfriend and I at the time went to that and um, we uh, were, we were sold on it. And so we ended up buying a three day boot camp. didn't have any money to buy the three day boot camp, but we had a credit card. So we ended up buying uh, the boot camp on a credit card. It was a three day boot camp. Um, teaching us how to wholesale properties. So went to that. Um, and then after that boot camp, we were wholesaling properties. So that's kind of what got us into it, wholesale properties through college to get us through college. Um, and then after graduating from the University of New Mexico, I said, you know what, this is kind of something I want to do full time. So I ended up getting my broker's license or actually my real estate license, which then turned into a broker's license. Um, and that was really my career. And so I think it was probably in uh, about 2003, 2004. Um, It was really the kind of the height of the foreclosure market right in that time. And so um, we ended up buying pre-foreclosure houses. So we would knock on doors as a kind of young husband and wife team and uh, make agreements with homeowners to purchase properties. and, And we did that for probably about a good 10 years. And we actually moved to Houston, Texas from New Mexico, probably in about 2005. Um, Still buying pre-foreclosure properties at that time. I mean, Texas was one of those markets where you can pretty much, you know, uh, get into a pre-foreclosure home pretty quick, um, about 30 days from the time that the homeowner actually gets foreclosed on, as opposed to like New Mexico was more of a judicial 
process. So it was a lot longer in New Mexico. So that's kind of what sold us on Texas. It was really a, a quick process for that. And so, um, and then I think probably about 2008, 2009, that's when the market obviously is kind of how it is right now, right? It was starting to shift. And um, I was seven months pregnant with my first child. And I remember talking to my husband at the time and said, look, like, things were taking a lot longer to sell. And I said, I can't be flipping houses for the rest of my life. We need to be doing something different. Um, and so we pivoted and changed our model. And we actually started selling to investors. Um, we would uh, fix up a house um, and then sell it to an investor and then professionally manage for the investor. So Knew nothing about property management, but it was one of those things where, yeah, if we're going to sell to investors, we need to have the property management back. So started a property management company, knowing nothing. Um, and here we are today. So now I am a property manager, have two property management companies, one in Houston, Texas, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, and manage just shy of 2000 doors between the two markets. So um, is one of those where we took that risk and it, it definitely paid off. Wow, that's incredible. So the boot camp to having your own company, that that's kind of the the uh start to in, in kind of the current. So that's yep, absolutely interesting, interesting journey. So we'll we'll de definitely unpack that a little bit. Um so I mean, I guess uh, you know, after the late night show, have you known did you know about real estate before that? Or was that kind of your first calling you felt at that, that point? Was, in time? That was my first calling. Honestly, it was just, you know, um, it was on the TV and it just caught my eye, like buying properties little to no money down. I didn't have any money. So that was really calling my name. And it was something that I thought I could, you know, really do and I could be passionate about. So um I'm glad I did though, because I wouldn't be here today, that's for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And and then that kind of funneled into that's what that's what wholesaling kind of came about from that boot camp. Yes. Yep. Yep. We so, wholesale properties for probably about a good three or four years. And really that's what paid our way through college. So, you know, those little flip deals of wholesaling properties, three to five thousand dollar pops, you know, at that time. Um, and that was a lot of money to me. And so, and at the time I was actually waiting tables at um, TGI Fridays. And so I was making enough money where I could actually ditch that job and kind of do the wholesaling full time. That's awesome. So can you talk a little bit about that experience starting off wholesaling? What were some of the challenges and experiences that you went that you went through? Yeah, well, I can tell you. So um, after that boot camp, we kind of we thought that we knew it all right. But there was so much to learn. I think we ended up buying a property um, you know, that had title issues on it. And so, you know, having to uh, work that work through that to get the title issues removed so that way we could sell the property. Um, that was a challenge that we kind of faced head on. And I remember telling my husband, look, like, if we're going to do this, we can't just go off a of boot camp. Yeah, that was the starting point, but we need something more. And so we ended up going back and doing like a series of boot camp. And you'll you'll actually laugh at this because um, we uh, so my husband actually had a college fund set aside for him. Um, and so because he went to the University of New Mexico, he actually went on a full ride scholarship. So his parents had set aside like, I don't know, close to fifty thousand dollars. Right. To kind of use that through college. 
Um, well, we ended up buying a series of boot camp and use his entire college fund on boot camps <laughs> just so we could get additional training so we knew what we were doing. Um, so that that was pretty funny at the time. We laugh about it now, but his mom was not happy at the time because no. we used the entire college fund. Um, but with that boot camp, we actually um, got a mentor through that. And so that really is what helped us because having that mentor to kind of like walk you through the process, take your hand and walk you through the steps so you don't make the mistakes. That was huge for us. And so even today, as successful as we are, I still have a mentor. I still have somebody to look up to. So that was our turning point is having that mentor with us. Wow, that's that's awesome. And I think um, at the time, you know, the, using the college funds for that didn't make sense, but it, it was basically your college that was the the education you guys needed to to get to where you are now so that's yeah and you know what what's kind of interesting is so like it, looking back you know most if it was me today I probably would have been like hmm is that the right thing to do right <laughs> using all the funds but we didn't know any better we didn't really care we didn't have anything to lose really and so why not right and so that's I think you have to look at it at that is people that kind of struggle with taking that first step, you have to think it about like, there is no plan B. This is my plan, right? And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, I'm glad we took that risk because it paid off in dividends. Yeah, that's incredible. And I want to dive into that part that you mentioned about the mentor. Um, you know, you go to a boot camp, you pay all this money, and it, it sounds like, you know, you got the full amount of value by by attending this. But uh, I would like to understand how do you identify, how did you identify that mentor and how did you get that mentor to buy into you guys and pour in, pour that knowledge onto you guys? And so the, um, the company that we went through um, actually had a um, probably like 10 to 20 different mentors. And so I remember, you know, um, going in and actually interviewing a few of these mentors and this guy, I mean, you, I could tell that he was passionate about helping people. Um, and he offered, you know, to come to my city and meet with me and wow. kind of see what I was doing on the ground there. And that was huge for me because there was not a lot of mentors that were willing to do that. I mean, I wasn't paying him any extra to come to my city, but the fact that he hopped on a plane, you know, and was willing to stay with me a week to show me the ropes on and, and how to invest in real estate was huge to me. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's really powerful and and probably attests to your success and where you are today. Oh, yeah, we are, I still talk to that same mentor and, you know, he keeps in touch with us. And even though we're at a different level in time or a different place in time, like I still check in with him to to let him know how we're doing. So, I mean, those relationships are huge. Yeah, definitely important to keep around. And and so the transition then is that that's kind of what motivated you to get your real estate license. Was that a strategic move or was that just, you know, maybe trying to ease your way a little bit away from wholesaling and you saw that as a route to do that? What, what was the reason for that? Yeah, and I think um, so we pivoted and changed our uh, model from wholesaling to um, fix and flip. Right. And so we would buy a property, fix it up and then resell it. Um, and so I, my reason for getting a real estate license, well, I wanted to sell my own properties on the MLS. And so that's kind of what um, kind of, uh, you know, 
switched me from, from, you know, being a real estate agent full time and getting my broker's license. But then, you know, once I, I, I have my property management company, you have to have a broker's license, obviously to do that. And so, um, you know, that was just a huge turning point for me. Cool. And so what were some of the things that you learned, um, outside of the wholesaling process doing flips? What were some of the challenges and situations that you, that you got into doing flips? I mean, was it a smooth kind of season or were there a lot of things that you had to deal with? Um, so moving from like the wholesaling to the fix and flip, um, I mean, number one in wholesaling, you really didn't have to have any money to do that, right? You get a property under contract and then you assign it to, um, another buyer, um, where the fix and flip, we actually had to have capital in order for us to fix up these properties and then sell them retail on the market. And so that was a challenge early on. And so not having, you know, the funds to do that. However, we had our mentor and our mentor actually, um, did a joint venture with us. So what was cool is he would actually, we would find the deal, um, and then he would put up all the money and then we would split the profits 50-50. And so that's really what got us started, you know, because otherwise we I mean, we didn't have any bank um, relationships or we didn't have, you know, private money, any of that starting out. And so that was our way to kind of get our foot in the door. But then, you know, go, that was probably the biggest challenge head on. But uh, we were we overcame that. And as we grew we were able to kind of build our portfolio and in, in, in um, a bank book and actually take our bank book to local banks and get a line of credit, those kind of things. And so um, there were challenges, but I mean, we we overcame those obviously with our mentor and, you know, um, in our relationships with the banks that we did have. Cool. And, and so uh, let's dive into a little bit of the, you know, when you transition into starting the property management group, you said you had no idea what you were doing. Um, so then why, why would you go that route? Yeah. And so our model was turnkey real estate investing. So basically what that is, is, you know, you sell um, property to an investor looking to hold as a rental property, right? Um, and um, in, in the turnkey model, the turnkey way is having that property management kind of under the same umbrella. Um, and there's other turnkey providers that don't do that. But with us, we wanted to make sure that our clients were serviced. And so um, having that the uh, property management company under one umbrella was a big selling point for our investors. And so we did that. We didn't know what we were doing. And I remember like probably the first couple of months in, we were actually, um, you know, creating our owner statements on like Excel spreadsheets. Right. And so <laughs> we, we didn't have any technology, none of that. We were just doing on that. And so we thought, okay, well, this isn't working. And is if we grow and scale this, we're going to have to have a property management software. We're going to have to have, you know, leasing technology, those kind of things. And so we were looking actually into a franchise model. And so real property management is actually a franchise. And so we had already had our investment company. And so I think that was a, we didn't want to reinvent the wheel. And so that's why having a franchise model kind of backing us kind of made sense for us. Um, and so we chose real property management and um, that's kind of how we started with the property management side. Awesome. And so how did you build the book of business on the property management side? Um, I know you mentioned that you guys were fixing and, and then selling them and then asking them to manage, but you know, are you still doing that model right now currently? Yeah. As well? 
Right. So that's actually um, a big portion of our model, probably about 50% of the management accounts that come into our management company are from, you know, the organic growth of uh, uh, investors having us manage after the sale. Um, and so we actually um, build to rent. So we do a lot of build to rent here in Houston, um, mainly new construction uh, duplexes. We have some single family homes as well. Um, but yeah, so we, um, we, still do that today. And, um, and that's how we're actually growing the property management side. Awesome. And and so where do you see yourself going from here with 2000 doors um, under management? I mean, what are, what are the goals that you have set from here on out? Yeah, you know, so I have my own rental portfolio as well. So long term, I think that's kind of my retirement, right? But um, I've actually been pretty successful in building teams. So I have about a team of 40 um, plus in my uh, property management company. And so um, anymore today, they're the ones that kind of lead that. We actually were named Franchise of the Year. This uh, actually, we just got back from Nationals. Uh, we got Franchise of the Year. So, but it's it's the team. The team does all that. And so I've been really good and successful at building that culture and building that team. Um, and I consider myself kind of a serial entrepreneur. So I have also a virtual assistant company um, that's based out of Mexico. And so anymore today, that's kind of my passion. And what I love to do is help businesses, whether, you know, it's property management companies, whether it's investors, um, business owners, uh, really help them grow and scale their companies with the use of virtual assistants. Cool. And so I kind of want to unpack that a little bit. So you said you're successful at building teams. What, what, what is, you know, what aids in that success? Why do you think you're good at it? And what, what have you learned throughout the way building these bigger teams? Yeah. And so, I mean, it starts with the leadership and I didn't, um, coming from, you know, straight out of college, right. I didn't have any corporate background. So I kind of just had to learn, um, through it all. And so listening to podcasts like this, reading books, really developing myself as a leader, uh, joining all kinds of masterminds. I mean, I spend thousands and thousands of dollars every year on um, the growth of me personally, right? And so that way I can help and grow my team. And so we, um, I'm sure you've heard of the book Traction. And so we implemented EOS in our company, which has been huge. So we have a leadership team. And then with our leadership team, we also develop the um the um, mid-level managers as well. And so, um, yeah, so uh, we have our morning huddles every morning at 9.38 every morning where our entire organization kind of huddles in kind of like the first 15 minutes of the day, you know, to get everything out and unpack. That way they're not coming to me every, I have 40 some employees, my door would be open all the time and I would be, you know, uh, having meetings all the time. So that really helps with that. Um, and then we also have customer service workshops weekly that, you know, we kind of take a deep dive into developing our team as leaders as well. And so those are just some things that we we do to create our company and our culture. Awesome. And is that team on the franchise, is that separate from the VA company that you mentioned? Yes. Yes. So the our employees, our team are just with the property management and the investment side of the company. Um, that doesn't even include any of the ones we place for other companies. Cool. And so how did that start a virtual assistance company? Yeah. So about eight years ago, we started our first uh, remote team member. Um, and um, I remember I was scared. I was like, this is not going to work, you know, and uh, in the property management space, I mean, there's 
all kinds of like back-end work that needs to be done. And so um, we took a leap of faith and hired our first remote team member and it worked. And so we just kind of started hiring, um, you know, for different positions. And um, and then I remember that uh, a lot of the franchise business owners would come to me and say, hey, Joni, I know that you're successful doing this. Can you help us with this? And so we were already doing it. And so we just started a company and um, started putting all of our VAs into that company and then started kind of servicing other uh, franchises and other business owners. So, um, I mean, we not just uh, franchises, but we have, you know, plumbing companies, roofing companies, um, you know, we're part of uh, Neighborly is our actually our hub, our service brand. And so we get to service all of the service brand industries, which is pretty cool. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so so to kind of pivot a little bit, what what would you say your definition of success is? Um, I think that uh, uh, it would probably be, you know, taking action um, and being consistent with it. You know, I didn't, it was not overnight. It was these little improvements over and over and over again um, was kind of what got us here today. So um, definitely that consistency is key. I think that's good. And what you said there uh, kind of struck me a little bit, and I'd like to get your thought on that is the consistency and just continuing to push through. I think a lot, I think that's the toughest part of the process of, you know, whatever we're going after. So how do you stay focused even when times are tough and you just want to give up and it, you know, it's just, I mean, I think not so much burnout, but it could be a lot at times. So how do you push through that and make sure you stay focused? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think, um, you know, training your mindset to, uh, again, the books and the podcast, right? Training your mind to to be tough at times. Um, you know, I've, um, I'm also a very disciplined person. So it's, uh, if you look at my like daily habits, they're not sexy, they're not fun, they're nothing great, but Really, it's the discipline of doing it over and over and over again. I get up every morning at 530 in the morning. I work out, you know, I um, I journal throughout the day. I do do my uh, planning. So I, I list three of the things that I need to get done for that day. And no matter what, I get those things done. Right. And so it's really just practicing, practicing the discipline that way when things do come at you, which they're going to come at you. Right. You have to be tough enough to say, no, I, I can't, I have to stay focused. And these are my three things. And I'm going to get these three things done no matter what. Mm, that's good. And so what, what, aside from traction, you mentioned, what other books, uh, you know, would you, would you recommend to somebody just looking to get started and continuing to grow? Yeah. So I have a couple here actually that I, um, so be the best at what matters most by Joe Calloway. This is one of my favorites. Um, and I actually wrote a book this year as, or a couple of years ago as well. It's called The Choice is Yours, uh, Balancing mm -hmm. Success as a Wife, Mom, and Entrepreneur. And really, I give like choice points in the books as, okay, like, um, you know, everybody has choices in life and it's, it's what you make of those choices, right? And um, I didn't come, I came from a kind of a dysfunctional home. Um, and that's kind of what motivated me to say, you know what, like, I don't have to live this way. I can make something of it and I am not going to live this way. And so, you know, this is a great book. Um, so it's not just for women and empowerment, but also I think men can get a lot of this out of this as well. 
Definitely. And so just to open that up a little bit. So how do you, you know, navigate being a mom and being in business? And I think a lot of people think that has to be separate. If you're a mom, you know, there, there's no, there's no time to even think about starting a business or being involved in business. So how do you, you know, how have you figured that balance out? In, in yeah. Your, and this book actually work? goes into a lot of detail on that and how like I balance it all. And, and I, I, I don't like to use the word balance really, because, you know, for me, it's um, you can have it all. If you want something, you can have it all. You, again, it comes down to that discipline and that focus. Right. Um, and so for me, you know, when I'm at work, it's a hundred percent work. I'm dedicated to my team and that's where I'm at at that moment. And then when I'm at home, I'm a hundred percent mom. Right. And so I think that's it is that taking things with you back home. Um, I think a lot of people fail, fail. They, they, you know, take things back to them at home. And I think you have to really separate that and know, okay, when you're at home, you got to be focused on your family, focus on your children, right? A hundred percent engaged. Wow. That's good. That's very powerful. Um, I think the challenge is, is being able to shut it off, you know, mm-hmm. as we're all naturally just in the mindset of growing and, um, you know, continuing to pursue those goals. It's just being able to shut that off when the time's right. I think. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's hard. Don't get me wrong. And it's, you know, it's one of those things that you have to practice that discipline. And I remember starting out a probably about five years ago where I said, you know what, I'm not going to list or um, look at my emails or pick up my phone after six o'clock in the evening. Right. So when we get home, our phones go in the bowl and that's it. They, they don't, they don't get, taken out for the rest of the evening because I want to be engaged with my children. And the same thing when you wake up in the morning, think about it. You know, when you wake up in the morning, most people will grab their phones, right? And check their emails and that negative email or that in my case, you know, that may be an upset tenant or an upset owner that's emailing you. If I look at that the first thing in the morning, what do you think that's going to happen the rest of the day? It's not going to set your day right, right? You're going to probably be angry and upset. And so my practice is that for the at least the first like 30 minutes of my morning, I will not look at my email at all. Pick up my phone. I will listen to maybe a motivational podcast or read a book. And I like to work out in the morning to get that out of the way. But I mean, that's practice in itself. And I mean, that's huge for a lot of people that, that can do that. Um, it really just sets your morning right for the rest of the day. And practicing mm-hmm. gratitude. Yeah, that's good. And um, so, how if somebody wants to get into real estate, would you? What do you? Where do you recommend them to start? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, um, again, starting out when I started out, I started out with a coach and mentor. I think that's um, a must. I think you have to find a coach and mentor that um, will help guide you along the way. Um, also, you know, there's so much free information out there on podcasts, you know, start listening to podcasts. I have a podcast as well called inside the wolf stand where we bring all kinds of real estate entrepreneurs on the show, um, you know, investors. And so really, really dig into the learning aspect of things, um, you know, and, and take action. You know, there's nothing more than just taking that action. I know it can be scary. Um, but if it's something that you want to do, yeah, I think those three things are key. Yeah. So is there anything that you would like to promote or put out there or anything that you're working on that you would like to make known? Uh, you know, you can use next next minute or so to do that if you, if you have anything. 
Yeah, you know, I, I again, um, my book is out there. So, I mean, if anybody wants to email me, I will give out a free copy, uh, about five free copies of my book. So uh, feel free to email me there. And um, it's on Amazon as well. Um, and check out my uh, podcast called Inside the Wolf Stand. Again, we have a bunch of entrepreneurs on the show. And if you're looking to get started, that's a great place to get started. Yeah, no, look, I mean, this definitely is an inspiring story. Uh, I think, you know, just just starting from a from a infomercial, it sounds like, uh, to getting to where you are today. I mean, that's a that's that's an awesome journey. Um, and it's inspiring to see somebody like yourself successful and also a mom and, um, you know, balancing all these different buckets of life. So that, that, that's awesome. And I appreciate the time. Well, thank you so much, Lenny. It's been fun. As you can tell, Joni has never hesitated to jump into new opportunities. She was on the pursuit of looking for success and was able to get into the right mentorship programs. Leveraging your network effectively is exactly what Joni did and it brought her to new heights. She is not only a successful serial entrepreneur with many different arms to her businesses, but she was also mastering being a successful mom as well. If you would like to get a copy of her book, you heard it from her directly. She's going to be giving out five free copies if you reach out to her directly. You can find Joni on Instagram at Joni M. Wolf and follow me on Instagram, Lenny underscore Pisano to stay up to date on new episodes. And I hope that this helped you on your journey for success.